1: Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy.
0: And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek.
1: So today, we're going to be discussing the new Star Wars Rise of Skywalker movie. Confronting fear. is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. We wanted to wait until it died down a little bit with the spoilers and everything, but there will be a lot of spoilers in here, so just know that if you haven't seen it by now. This movie was awesome. I enjoyed it thoroughly.
0: It was amazing. Each time we saw it, I felt like it got better and better. I can't get enough of it. I can't wait until it comes out on Disney Plus and we can watch it a whole bunch more times.
1: Yes. So this movie starts off with the standard scroll. However, the first line is the dead speak. (laughs) This movie brought back Emperor Palpatine, who supposedly died in *Turn of the Jedi. I have died before. But I mean, let's be honest, it is science fiction. If you don't see a body, there's really no proof of death, right?
0: Yeah, and as we see with a number of characters here, even if they die, they might come back in certain ways, whether it's as force ghosts or maybe through some kind of other energy.
1: Right. It's definitely something I wasn't expecting. Even hearing it in the trailers and everything, it was like, how are they going to spin that one? But it actually works really well. <laughs> so, although Palpatine's story arc worked for me personally, this had some fans up in arms and resistant even before they even saw the movie. It sometimes seems as though phantoms are under attack by the supposed fans themselves. There has been this rise of negativity in pop culture. This wonderful culture that was once a refuge and a place to build connections and friendship has become a place where finding joy in something could potentially instigate criticism. In fact, we have some friends who saw an advanced screening of this movie, and when they said they loved it, they got attacked and actually even threatened. I've been a fanboy for a very long time now, and this new wave of toxic fans is very distressing to me. What do you think is going on here?
0: I think it's extremely unfortunate and and very distressing. I think that some individuals feel as if they have the full authority and ownership, kind of like in an absolutism kind of way over a particular fandom. And as a result, believe that any kind of change, for example, having more female characters or more diverse characters is somehow not okay or not appropriate. Or if a show goes in a particular direction that the fans maybe didn't like or didn't anticipate, then there is this nerd rage that happens, right? And I think some individuals somehow feel betrayed by the fandom, except that the beauty of the Star Wars fandom and and franchise is that it's meant to be diverse. It's meant Mm -hmm. to be inclusive, especially the last trilogy was so beautiful in that regard. And, you know, personally, I want to see even more representation. I loved seeing the LGBT couple briefly kiss at the end. It would be great <laughs> if we had more LGBT kind of main characters too. But I think we're starting to make headway in that direction. And I think that unfortunately, some people act almost as gatekeepers where they feel so personally attacked that somehow other genders, for example, or other diverse individuals being represented somehow means that they won't be. Mm -hmm. And that's really unfortunate and sad that people feel that way as opposed to being willing to share everything. Like if we were to imagine that Star Wars is cake The assumption is, if I give somebody a piece of my cake, then I won't have enough cake for myself. But Star Wars is an infinite cake that just keeps (laughs) growing. And
1: it's a galactic cake. It's
0: a galactic cake that keeps on growing and building and expanding. And so no matter how much cake people eat, there's still more of this cake to go around. And so don't worry, fans, you know, if you feel like, there won't be enough representation for you. That's simply not going to happen. Star Wars has so many characters and so many stories that there's enough room for everybody.
1: Right. Since we're on the subject of divisions and these divisive campaigns, it's interesting to me that one of the major themes in this film is actually unity. A new character, Zori Bliss, played by Carrie Russell, says an amazing line. They win by making you feel like you're alone. I can't walk out on this war, not till it's over. Maybe it is. We sent out a call for help at the Battle of Crait. Nobody came. Everyone's so afraid. They've given up.
0: No, I don't believe you believe that.
1: You win by making you think you're alone. Remember,
0: there's more of us.
1: How powerful is this sentiment and what correlation does this have when reflecting on our place in this world?
0: I have to tell you, I cried each time I heard this line, each time that we watched it, because I think the message is so on point with everything that's going on today, right? I think in our current political climate there's so much division that we forget our own humanity sometimes and it's true that i think that often people feel so alone in their beliefs and that happens when It feels as if nobody else is siding with them. It's true that people are more likely to give up on something they strongly believe in or are fighting for, for example, climate change or diversity or LGBT rights when they feel like they're alone in their experience. And I think that the theme of this movie is so powerful in that Although we might often feel like we're alone, there's actually a lot of people that might back us up that might feel the same way. They might not show up right away, but they will. And together we can make a difference.
1: The identity of Rey's parents has inspired many theories. In The Last Jedi, she was told her parents were no one special and that she was a nobody who just so happened to have a very deep connection with the Force. This was a great idea because it shows that anyone has the potential to be special. Fast forward to Episode 9 and her parents actually turn out to be very significant and her bloodline is extremely powerful how does this 180 degree turn affect those who really found hope and connection with the idea of Ray being from normal and average parents?
0: I think that for a lot of people, they saw how special and powerful Ray was and maybe felt connected to her in, in having this message that anybody could be powerful. Anybody could be strong and stand up for what they believe in and stand up for justice and, that you don't have to be like a natural born Jedi. You don't have to have a certain blood type, right? Or mm-hmm. have like or midi
1: have chlorians have up the wazoo.
0: Yes, or have you know this like supercharge of chlorians. I think that for a lot of people, it allowed them to see that anybody could become a hero, and I can see how for some people, Ray being born. a palpatine bloodline might have betrayed that message in that they might then assume that this means that only some people can be heroes but here's what i took away from this i took away quite the opposite that ray very much like ben both had a lot of things set against them and had to fight possibly even harder Mm -hmm. against their instinct against their upraising right and you know what was in their blood what kind of nature that they grew up with. What was in their DNA is not what they ended up going with. They made a choice. Ray made a choice to switch to the light side. Ben was grappling with similar choices. And so I think that in a lot of ways, I actually think it was an even more powerful storyline because it shows that our fate is not determined by our genetics, not completely. It is still our choice about the kind of actions that we want to take.
1: I found that very interesting because it is right that Ray was actually being drawn in by the dark side. And even though Kylo Ren or Ben Solo was evil, he was being drawn to the light side. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic there. So I grew up on the Star Wars movies and have always been a huge fan there were so many instances in this movie where I was just overwhelmed with emotions. I mean, I teared up and was one step away from sobbing multiple times. The scenes with Leia hit me exceptionally hard. I'm sure I wasn't the only one, to. What do connections like these suggest about the power of stories and our human connection to fictional characters?
0: You just reminded me of a line from Velveteen Rabbit. You know, because love makes it real. Uh-huh. Love makes this real. <laughs> love makes these characters real. And so I think that when we grew up on certain stories, movies with certain characters, they are real. It feels like they're a part of our lives and our hearts. And I know you and I met Carrie Fisher about a year before she died, mm-hmm. and it was such a moving and heartfelt experience to get a hug from Carrie Fisher. You know, when a celebrity dies, someone that we had such a strong attachment to maybe these were some of the movies that got us through some of the most challenging times of our lives because when everything else was falling apart we could always count on star wars Mm -hmm. seeing a character like leia die knowing that carrie fisher has passed away can remind us of our own grief about losing these characters about losing this kind of connection because in a lot of ways these characters, even though they're fictional, they're real to us and they become kind of like family.
1: Star Wars, it means family. (laughs) The emotion of it all, making a film with people that you really love and this is the last one. Like, it's crazy. What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look at my friends. The feeling on set is one of joy.
0: I really like with this film that we get a lot more scenes together, especially myself,
1: Oscar, and Daisy. The dynamic between us three is capturing some of that spirit of the original films. It feels like kids going on an adventure. Like, that was great. And then it was fun, too, because I hadn't properly worked with Oscar before. And he and John are hilarious. That's
0: my boy, mate can be a bit cheeky sometimes. <laughs> but as long as he's right next to me, I can do anything.
1: Backwards. The Star Wars universe has created friendships that have lasted for 40-plus years. Oh. I've fallen deeply, deeply in love with this man. So to capture that spirit and bring it to a conclusion has been such an amazing task.
0: It felt nice to stand there with Daisy and Oscar. I'm kind of like, whoa, wow. like. This is truly the end of our contribution to this saga. But the legacy will carry on.
1: I love this fandom so much. (laughs) So Lando Calrissian is reintroduced in this film and he has some wonderful wisdom to share. When Finn, Rey and Poe are uncertain about how they can fight against such overwhelming odds and they're discouraged and they don't think they're ready to save the world he says luke han leia me whoever is ready we had each other and that's why we won how beautiful is this and what is the power of friendships and bonds
0: so powerful it was such an inspirational line because he's almost passing the torch to ray He's saying that, yes, it's true that none of us were ever ready. And I think that in reality, most of us, when it comes time to make difficult decisions, to lead, to stand up for what we believe in, we don't feel ready. And the truth is we don't have to feel ready. We just have to feel it in our heart that this is a worthwhile cause. Mm -hmm. The truth is no one ever feels ready. And that's what Lando is saying here. And he's saying so long as people can band together and support one another we can still show up and we can still win.
1: It's too dangerous. I need to go alone.
0: We're all in this till the end. you have got friends out there. Good people will fight if we lead them. They've taken enough of us. Now we take the war to them. Let the final battle
1: begin. I love it. I simply just love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Got a little excited there. So you had mentioned a little bit ago about choices and Finn runs into a group of stormtroopers who, like himself, have defected from the Empire. They all rebelled because they could not agree with killing innocent beings. They knew their orders were wrong and against moral responsibility, so they chose to be heroic and they chose a heroic path over their programming and circumstance. The leader of this group's name is Jana. What do you think about this new character and what these characters actually represent?
0: I love Jana. I want to learn more about her. I want to just know her story. There were some hints that maybe she's Lando's daughter. Uh, <laughs> it is a theory. It is a theory. Whether they're related or not, I love her so much. I think that Finn, Jana, and all the stormtroopers or ex stormtroopers that were a part of Jana's squad represent what we've been talking about in terms of, yes, there's nature and nurture, but there's also choice, right? There's our DNA, there's the way that we were raised and pretty much anybody except for clones who were raised to become stormtroopers a choice and actually we know that a lot of the clones made a choice to forfeit as well and to switch over to the rebellion side so even though we might be raised a certain way with certain sets of beliefs doesn't mean we cannot change and in fact when our own core values when our moral fiber is being put in question I think we're more likely to make a choice that's closest to our core values. And if we don't, then that's going to hurt, often allowing us to make a choice that's closer to our core values in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely. So, speaking of Finn, he kept trying to tell Ray something throughout the film. We had some fun discussions on this. Could you talk about what we think this might be about?
0: John Vallega posted that it was not about him having feelings for Ray. And everyone has a different theory. I think he was trying to tell her that he's Force-sensitive.
1: Yeah, I never got that he had feelings for her. I thought he was trying to tell her that too.
0: And we know that Ray has been training with Leia. And I was wondering if maybe he wanted to tell Ray that he's also Force-sensitive, that he wants to train too.
1: I think that's where it was going for sure. So in this film, Kylo Ren literally dies. Spoilers. <laughs> Ray stabs him through the heart with her lightsaber in a battle they had. When he's dying, she uses the Force to heal him, and essentially Ben Solo returns. You know, Kylo Ren's killed off, and Ben Solo is back. I love a good redemption story. What do you think about the Ben-Kylo Ren story arc?
0: I loved it. It was heartwarming to me. To me, it showed that somebody could do something that is evil and still change, they could still redeem themselves and become a good person. The fact that there was still good in him, I think was really powerful. And the fact that very much like his grandfather, he died with redemption, protecting the people he loved the most, Mm -hmm. I think was absolutely beautiful. And I think that it sends a really powerful message for people who might've done something bad something they feel ashamed about and think that they can never do anything good think that they're marked for life I think that this film is a powerful reminder that there's always something good we can do there are always different actions that we can take
1: mm-hmm. I mean he had done some evil things the most evil thing that he did was obviously kill his own father on Solo and in that scene or near the end of it he actually is visited by his father kind of in a spirit form where he is like basically telling him it's okay to choose the light side I mean it is a beautiful scene and of course Han Solo is my favorite but (laughs) it's so beautiful I'm tearing up right now yeah so that whole thing where Kylo Ren is killed and Ben continues on is is wonderful so in the end of the movie. Ray is asked about her surname and Ray chooses to be a Skywalker even though she is a Palpatine. What do you think this choice represents?
0: To me, this choice represents that we can choose our family. Our family is not only the people we're related to by blood. Our family can also be the people that have truly loved and supported and guided us. And I think that Ray had found much more spiritual guidance and support and love and connection from Luke and Leia than she has from the Palpatines. And so her choosing to be a Skywalker, I think, is really powerful here because she was mentored by Skywalkers and she sees them as family.
1: Yeah, it was a wonderful close to this series. And, you know, I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did. We're going to go ahead and end this episode of superhero therapy thank you so much for tuning in again my name is dustin mcginnis you can find me on twitter at the valiant geek
0: and i'm dr janina scarlett you can find me on twitter at shadow quill or dr janina scarlet official on instagram we also have an exciting update for you guys we have just launched our brand new shiny patreon page Woo! Woo! on this patreon page you guys can support us if you'd like and on this page, you can also receive advanced news and articles and posts ahead of everyone else. 10% of all the profits that we receive will go to support mental health organizations such as RAIN and the Crisis Text Hotline.
1: Thank you all so much for what you do. Have a wonderful day out there and remember that you are a superhero.